I'm Kurt, I'm a parent, and this is the Parent Skills Podcast. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of our Parent Skills Podcast. I'm Kurt Johnston, and I'm really excited about this episode because as we've launched our parent ministry here at Saddleback Church, one of the areas, um, one of the topics that seems to have sparked the most interest, the most questions, and understandably so, because more and more of us find ourselves in this scenario, is that of blended families. Um, how do we parent well in a blended family situation? And there are so many different angles, you know, really no blended family looks exactly the same. So today we're certainly not going to look at every aspect of blended families and parenting um, stepchildren and being a step parent and things like that. I think we'll come back to this topic at another time, maybe multiple times, because it is one of great importance to so many of you. So today I am thrilled to have a couple great guests in the audience and we will jump into it in just a minute. Well, all right. Hey, let's jump right into today's topic on raising kids in a blended family. I've got two friends in the studio audience. Some of you listeners might know one or or both of them. We've got Ramel, who is Oh, Ramel has played so many hats at our church. Currently, Ramel works on our central team, helping us with all of our multi-site efforts. Um, that's such an understatement of everything that he does. And then Erica Marshall works on our student ministries team, um, helping me and our team do all of the things that we do. Both of them are in blended family situations. And like I said before, no two situations are the same and their situations are unique from each other. So why don't um, we start, Ramel, why don't you give us just sort of the 30 or 40 second version of what your particular situation looks like? Yeah, of course. Um, so my ex-wife and I have a daughter, a 14 year old daughter. Uh, I've remarried since then. Uh, we have Lisa and I have two kids. Um, she has also remarried uh, to Chris and he has a older son, I think 21 years old. Uh, so that is our blended family. So you and your first wife have a teenage daughter. Correct. You and your current wife have two children together. Yes. And your ex-wife has a child. Uh, her her husband her, does, yes. Oh, her husband yes. does. Thank yes. you. And how long have you been married? You know? uh, we have gone on almost six, six and a half years. Nice. Congratulations. Erica, why don't you tell us a little bit about your situation? Yeah, so I've been married to Jack for a little over 14 years. Um, when we got married, he had a daughter, Katie. She was seven at the time. And I had a daughter, Malia. She was six. Um, about four years later, we had a daughter together, Haley. And she, so Haley's now 10. The older girls are now 21 and 22 years old. Gotcha. So you are a little bit, when I say classic, there is no classic. But when I think of blended families, yours represents sort of the classic. You had, a, you had a child, yours, mine, and ours, yeah. right? And that's sort of the, if there is a classic, that's what we tend to think of when yes. we think about it. Um, like I mentioned in the intro, one of the ongoing pain points, I think that's maybe a fair way to, to classify um, with, for parenting is parents who are in blended situations because as a parent myself who is not in a blended family, I think of all the pain points of just being a parent. I mean, there's numerous pain points, challenges, obstacles, insecurities, all of the stuff that I feel, you both feel every one of those, none of those go away and you have extra things you have to focus on, concerns, different pressures, different pain points. And we'll jump into some of those, but I thought maybe it would be fun to start by saying, 
Um, Ramel, six and a half years in a blended family. Mm-hmm. Erica, 14 and, 14 and a half years. So you've been in this thing for a while. I would love to hear each one of you share what is one of the unexpected joys, an unexpected blessing? Because Bible, the Bible says God works everything for good. So there is good in a blended family. There's a lot of good in a blended family. Way more challenges than other families, which I think just opens the door for way more opportunities for God to surprise and bless. And I would love to hear what is something that six years, 14 years in, you go, I would have never seen this coming, but this is something that has been such a joy and a blessing as a blended family. And especially if you can, specifically in the parenting aspect of, of that. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll go first. Um, when you asked me this question about joy, I have to admit joy was not a word I usually equate with blended family situation. Blessing for sure. I see lots of blessings, but joy is a little harder. I had to dig a little deeper to find find that. Um, but I would have to say we had to be so intentional with the way we approached every relationship and every dynamic that was happening between kids and parents and um, just the parents. And it was just so uh, tricky, I guess, that we had to be super intentional. And out of that came some real um, bonds. And through the battle scars that we have accumulated together, now that the older girls are young adults, we just have this bond as a family, knowing we kind of got through it together and we didn't give up on each other. And we just really had to kind of grind it out at times, Um, as well as in the midst of it, working through this intentionality. And there was a time we went without cable just so we could focus and not be distracted because it just required that much of our attention. And, um, and even in the midst of some of the painful teen years, um, there was this, this bond that even though it didn't feel warm and fuzzy and fluffy, even in those moments, we knew that we were committed to each mm. other. So that, that gave joy, even though it wasn't. Yeah. So if I'm hearing you right, you're saying something that you didn't, that you didn't see coming maybe was the level of deep bond and love for each other mm-hmm. that would result in a blended family that maybe yeah. you came, came into it assuming some of that would be lacking. Yeah. And that's not been the case. Yeah, yeah. You, you use the word intentional a few times. Mm-hmm. Can you give me just one or two examples of ways you and Jack have been really intentional, maybe in ways that I wouldn't have to be yeah. since you're in a blended family situation? Um, well, early on when we just had the two older girls, we would we were really trying to create a connection between us and our stepchild. We each had a stepchild. We each had a biological child. And so we... Um, would alternate taking them out to breakfast every other, you know, every Saturday I would take my daughter, then the next week I would take his daughter. Meanwhile, he was taking the other one. And so we just really tried to create these intentional moments of connection with each of the kids individually. Um, And we were always just very honest about where we were at, you know, emotionally tried to address their feelings and um, what they were going through head on and um, yeah. So, so that I think just time, yep. um, yeah, as well yep. as, as a family trying right. to do things together. Right. I, lo- I love that. Okay. Ramel, uh, an unforeseen blessing and joy of being in a blended family. Yeah. The, that's a great thing you pointed out where blessings and joy is can be definitely two different things. Uh, I would say the unexpected joy is the fact that we all get along. Hmm. Um, if you took away my, you know, my wife and I laugh, but if you took away the situation, we'd like really, probably really be close friends. You know, uh, when we do hang out to have conversations about Kaylin, about, our, about our, our, you know, our, 
our 14 year old, um, we end up hanging out for two or three hours. Right. You know, and it's, it becomes about what we, Hey, let's talk about high school and, or whatever the situation is. And then we, we clearly start talking about life. And you, when you, you say know, we, you mean you and your all ex four, and all four parents. Yeah. yeah. All four parents would get together and that's the unexpected joy. We would never have thought that like when, when my ex-wife texts my wife about something random, yep. <laughs> it still surprises me sometimes, but it, it sure. doesn't anymore because sure. they can talk about right. anything. Well, and obviously there are some extenuating circumstances in some family dynamics where having a relationship with your ex is dangerous, is unwise, sure. mm-hmm. but you know, assuming that's not the case, you, you do share a very powerful, important, common interest, right? right? And that is raising a child that you both love dearly right. in a non-conventional way that heading into it, you didn't see coming. Right, right? because we, we, put her, we put her in the forefront of everything. Right. So going back to Erica's intentional yeah. word, how intentional have you been? Or did you just kind of get lucky? Hey, we all like each other. Or no, has we, there been some intentionality <laughs> in that? Absolutely. We were very intentional about meeting, coming together to meet about certain topics, certain things as we, as Kaylin went to different stages from, you know, uh, elementary to middle school, from middle school to high school. She's a freshman now. You know, we're, we just had one a few weeks back because now boys are right. a topic. Oh boy. You know, and oh, we're oh like, oh hey, we're going to get all on the same page. And what we all feel, so we trust each other. Right. When we when we're actually either giving opinion, advice, or anything like that. Yeah. We want to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah. And that way, we're not getting mad that so and so said that's okay when we felt like right. it wasn't okay. So it's the intentionality of of every parent recognizes the importance of mom and dad being on the same page. Right. That's sort of right. like parenting one on one. We're not always all that good at it. Right. <laughs> but we at least recognize that value. Yeah. And you're saying. Yeah, try doing that in a blended family. Right. And you gotta you gotta work even harder at it, but that's been a key for you. Right. Intentional meetings uh, and communica- open communication yeah, for sure has been good. has been one of the big things. And for us. then a blessing. Uh, I think the blessing, the fact that we've seen God has been do amazing things, mm-hmm. um, and our oldest, Kaylin, now is now seeing that. We knew when she was ten, she wasn't really realizing what we had. Mm-hmm. All parents did. Uh, but now she's getting older, she's really realizing what God has done mm-hmm. um, and the love all four of us have for her. Right. You know, and making it work. Right. Because she's seen her friends who have blended families right. is not quite making it work. Right. And it's interesting you talk about she has four and she sees how all four love her. Um, Kara Powell, the Fuller Youth Institute, is this youth institute that's connected to Fuller Theological Seminary. And they do all kinds of studies. And one of the ones that they focused on in the last five years is this idea of helping teenagers develop a sticky faith, Mm. a faith that long after they quit going to the coolest youth group in town, and we have a pretty good youth group, Mm -hmm. right? But as a leader of our pretty good youth group, I will say a whole bunch of kids, when they quit attending our high school ministry, after they graduate from high school, a lot of them graduate from their faith, Mm. right? Their faith sort of fades off as they go away to college, become adult. A lot of them come back around at some point. So their study is how do we prevent that? Like how do we help their faith stick? One of the top discoveries is that teenagers need five adults in their life who Mm. they know just love them. Mm. So here's an unexpected blessing, Mm -hmm. right? God takes what he didn't intend. God never intended for your first marriage to end in a divorce. That was not God. God, the Bible says God hates divorce. We we get that. 
but maybe an unintended blessing is Caitlin has something built in to her formula that other kids don't. And that is partly largely because of the way you guys are choosing to do this thing together. But she has four built into her family adults who love her unconditionally and are cheering her on. And that's, that's a step or two further than some kids in a traditional family. They have mom and dad, but then beyond that, they're lacking other adults in their life. So as you were saying that just kind of, it triggered that. Um, Let's, let's talk for a second about the, the idea of like, let's just get real for a minute. We've got five or 10 more minutes. Each one of me just share your, your biggest ongoing struggle just for you. What's an ongoing struggle? What I'm going to ask is try to pick one that you say, I think this is probably true for most parents in a blended family and it's true for you. And how have you managed that? Mm. How have you navigated that? Yeah, for, for us, uh, it has to be the fact that, you, know, you mentioned it earlier, as a parent, as a mom-dad household, it's hard already to parent your kids. Because you have two people who have different Enneagram numbers, right? They have two different <laughs> ways or... You're so, you're so current. <laughs> you're such a, you're such a, such a trendy parent. Parents with different Enneagram numbers. If you don't know what the Enneagram is... It's a very popular and I think very accurate and good, for lack of a better phrase, personality profile. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's it's how you parent. And so you add two more parents. So you have four people who literally have different ways of how they think a parent should be, mm-hmm. uh, how they grew up, right. their background of that. They're, they're, I mean, all those things play a part. So for us, the biggest struggle is that. So we have four parents who, who will say love each other. Obviously, have one goal. Minus is is Kaylin. That's our that's our number one there. Um, but yet, there's still four different ways to parent her. Right. Right. And we all go to Salback. I mean, Chris, her, her my ex wife's husband works at Salback Church, right? So, but yet, it's still there's still four different ways to do it. And mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest struggle for us is that a lot of times we might have a different opinion of well, can Kaylin have a boyfriend her freshman year? Right. What does dating look like? Can she even date? What does that boundaries look like? And those are questions we, we kept, and that's why we, we intentionally come together for that because we know we have four different Right, and I, I knew before you said that, that's the answer to how you're navigating. Right. The struggle is communication right. and being on the same page. Right. And your answer is what you mentioned earlier. Right. And I know you've, you talk about it all the time, is yeah. the consistent and intentional working together. Yeah. It's like Team Caitlin. Right. right. I think and, I've and, I think I've heard you use yeah, that language. It, and the thing is we we also have to choose our battles in those moments. Am I gonna die on the hill for this? Is it worth it? After this argument we may or may not have, is the result the mm-hmm. same? Right. If it is, then it's it's not worth it. If it's gonna change for the better, those are things we have to process. I pray about consistently of like what's you know, what's what's the alternative is my big phrase for myself. Right. What's the alternative to it? You know, so uh, for us, it's it's just that is making sure we, we pick our battles right, but we can always communicate mm. no matter what. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Erica, what's your? Yeah, I would say um, kind of. A, I think you were asking for like a universal, roughly universal struggle. Um, I think a common one that we certainly have faced is um, <clears throat> always valuing my child's relationship with their other biological parent, um, being careful in the way that I 
speak about their other parent to them, to my husband now, to Jack. Um, you know, don't make little offhanded jokes. When my kid, who, whether we had gotten divorced or not, was going to have issues with things her dad did, with things I do. And so when she has those, I want to be a safe place for her to kind of navigate that and handle it and figure out what to do and how to mm. love her dad best. So always seeking, helping her to have the healthiest relationship with yeah. her dad. Oh, I love that. Um, I and love that. knowing that, you know, there's going to be things, like Ramel was saying, that I disagree with. And then there's some things that are just sometimes wrong. flat right. out wrong that right. I don't love about sending my kid into this environment or my stepdaughter into that environment maybe. Um, maybe things that are very directly unfair to me and my husband now, things that are said that, you know, I mean, just it, it's just sure. tough. And right. you just have to bite that bullet and help mm. them navigate it, not in a, like, head-in-the-sand kind of way, right. but in a very real but loving, always uh, encouraging health in yep. that relationship. I, I think I'm hearing this, and I love it. So even if I'm a little bit wrong, just go with it because okay. <laughs> I really like it. Um, but what I think I hear you saying is one of the ongoing challenges, and I think this is pretty universal, Ramel, even in your situation where you guys all get along great. I don't sense that's exactly the same with you guys. But the giving that other parent the benefit of the doubt, that dad, Katie's dad. Katie's no, mom. Katie's mom. And Malia's dad. And Malia's dad. They were going to mess up. And have challenges no matter what, because every parent Just does. Just like I do, right? Mm-hmm. right? So the the you being willing to not kind of throw them, right. p- give them less grace than you would any other parent just because they happen to have not been the best husband to you. Right. It didn't work out with us. Right. That doesn't make him a horrible person or in, a horrible In every person. situation. Exactly. Right. right. And I would say even one step further now that um, our kids are grown they're still navigating these relationships as adults with this other parent, and it's a little more on them. And I, I really try to find opportunities to bring out the positives. Like when my daughter has this like great love of music, and she can kind of pick up on things that I can't pick up when she's listening to a song, and I tell her, like, you got that from your dad. You know, he has a great love of music and a good ear for this. And yeah. finding those positives that right. she gets from her dad great. when great. she's not inclined maybe yeah. to always mm-hmm. see it that yeah. way. You know, as somebody who leads a team and works with people, one of the things that I try to always remember is assume the best. Mm-hmm. Like, just lead with an assumption that they had no ill intent. They want what's right as much as I do. Mm-hmm. Like, lead with, I'm going to assume the best. When I head into conflict, I'm going to assume the best in this person. Um, and I hope that people say to me, I don't feel like you're assuming the best in me right now. That was a little accusatory or that was a little bit harsh. Or the, um, and I think, wow, if, if, and it's easier for me to say this because again, I'm not sitting in your shoes, but the idea of when possible, assume the best right. in your ex's motives. Yeah. Um, they might be different. They might do it differently. Yeah. Um, that's my way of kind of hearing what, what you were saying, Eric. I, I love it. Let's do this. We need, to, we need to wrap up. I want you guys to each give just whatever it is. You go, okay, I got a minute. You've each got 60 seconds. Just encourage and love on other parents out there who are in a blended family situation. Okay. Uh, for me, guys, be patient. Um, trust God and be patient. I know it sounds easy, 
but in the time, I mean, I was divorced when Kaylin was one. So in the last 13 years, there's been a lot of patience. This didn't come out out of nowhere. The first five, six years of, of our relationship um, being divorced was hard. It was tough. But staying consistent, who I was, controlling what I can control, um, and being patient with that because it doesn't happen overnight. Mm. But you have to stick with it. Uh, know what your priorities are. Know who you are. Uh, and trust God in it. God's going to show up big time. Um, but it's going to be in His timing. Um, I would say, you know, when you're in the thick of it and you're struggling with either your spouse or an ex or your child or your stepchild, um, just remember when it comes to the kids that you were put in this parent role in this kid's life for a reason. So like in my case with my stepdaughter, when it got hard, remembering that like God wanted to do something through me in Katie's life Mm. and always kind of staying focused on it. It wasn't what I thought maybe. And so I had to be humble and and be pliable and let God mold me so that I could then impact her in the way that God intended mm-hmm. for me to parent her. Because I mean, in that sense, it is like a bonus parent, you know, and, if, and I got to have an input in her life that she wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah. I love that. Um, some words that are sticking out. Some of these words have been said, some of this has been implied and maybe some of it's just how I'm, how I'm hearing it. Um, but grace, giving each other and your kids grace because you're navigating something that that is different than what a typical family is navigating patience takes time Mm -hmm. right nothing good happens quickly and a weed happens quickly (laughs) an oak tree takes time and we i think god wants our blended families to be oak trees Mm -hmm. he wants but but it takes patience it takes time um assuming the best that's kind of grace, but that assuming the best, um, intentionality, mm-hmm. like it, it takes some effort and some thought and some work and doing things on purpose, working strategically with your, with your ex spouse and the two families, um, man, th- th- those, those three or four like key words, key mindsets won't solve every challenge, right. but boy, oh boy. They, they, they'll help us tackle some of them. That's right. yeah. um, so, so thanks, you guys. Thanks for everybody for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We will address this topic again in the future because there's so much to be said about it. If you are in a blended family, um, if you don't come to Saddleback Church, we'd love to have you. Um, and these programs that I'm going to talk about are as welcome or as open to you as they are a regular attender. Um, and even if you're a regular attender and you don't know about these programs, we do have support groups for um, step parents and people in blended families. We have small groups that you can join that are specifically made up of men and women in a blended family situation. And in general, I think Saddleback Church is a place where um, if you come from a from a less traditional family system, uh, I think Saddleback Church is a place that you will feel welcomed and loved and encouraged, and we would love for you to call it home and be a part of what, what we're doing here. So thanks for listening. We will see you soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode or this current episode of the Parent Skills Podcast.